0: This world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man. Unsympathetic intellects slowly and surely drew their plans against us. It is Foreign Invader with Conrado Falco III. Welcome to Foreign Invader. My name is Conrado Falco III and this is the podcast about the pop culture that is corrupting American life. Every episode, we take a piece of culture that originated in not the United States of America and talk about its impact on our country and our lives. Before we get into it, thanks again to Trevor Wallace for coming on the show to talk about the great animator, Gandhi Tartakovsky. It was a great conversation. We talked about Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab, and Star Wars, so check that episode if you haven't already. Today, we are talking about Priyanka Chopra or should I say Priyanka Chopra Jonas. She's most well-known in America for being the wife of the Jonas brother, Nick. What some people might not know is that she is one of the biggest movie stars back in her home country of India. The first time I've heard about Priyanka Chopra, it was when she was the star of an ABC TV show called Quantico, and they told me, you know, she's a huge star in India, And I knew very little about the Indian film industry, about Bollywood, you know? So that's one of those weird things that it's huge in India and so many other parts of the world. And so few people in America know about it. So I wanted to take the opportunity to use this podcast to get a little more familiarized with the big stars of Bollywood. And what better way to do that than through the biggest crossover star we know in America? My guest... To talk about this, is someone who knows much more about Bollywood than I do. He is a writer and a podcaster. His shows include Queer Now, a podcast about queer cinema, and It Pod To Be You, a podcast about romantic comedies. And I'm very excited to have him on the show. His name is Manish Mathur. Thank you for being on the show.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so, I'm like really excited to be here. I, I really enjoy your, both of your podcasts a lot. Thank a lot of- you.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I enjoy your podcast as well, and I'm so happy that you're here. Before we get into it, though, um, I'm going to ask you what I ask every single guest on the show: Where are you from, and where did you grow up?
1: Yeah, I was um, I was born in in Maryland, um, and I was uh, I was raised there. Uh, I grew up in this uh, in southern Maryland, in a place called Charles County, um, and. Uh, um, and then, as soon as I could, I uh, left left the small town I grew up in and, and uh, moved to New York for for, uh, for college, and which is where I live now. Um, and uh, I mean, I love Maryland. It was a lot, I mean, it was a great place to grow up, but uh, you know, just not as exciting as New York City, of course. Um, but yeah, I'm from Maryland. You know, love, love to eat seafood. You know, I always keep um, Old Bay seasoning in any apartment I live in. It's, <laughs> so I put it on like, I can put on a lot of different food. So.
0: <laughs> this is already great because we yeah. had EJ Meehan on the show talking about Animal Crossing. And he's also from Maryland. And I'm just... Really, very happy to be able to compare what you both are going to say about the state because he already mentioned bay, bay old bay seasoning to me <laughs> oh, really? and, and crabs so I just want to see how many things yeah. are going to overlap to you know I'm, I feel almost like I'm testing him um, so why don't yeah. you tell us about some stereotypes about Maryland and some things that you'd like to either confirm or deny
1: yeah well that's like it. it it's kind of a hard one because um I feel like Maryland just isn't really known for anything like we don't really have that much of like a reputation uh in the rest of the world like you know everyone knows like the New York cliches or the New Jersey cliches or the California cliches and like the south or whatever but I feel like Maryland just like you know we're in the mid-Atlantic we're kind of smaller state I guess near Pennsylvania and Delaware um, and Virginia but um I feel like the main thing is yeah like seafood Old Bay seasoning um I think for a while we were known for like not having a really good football team the Washington Redskins um mm. uh and yeah but I, I'm really like trying to think of like what's like famous about Maryland and I feel like there's really not much I mean you know our one thing that i am really proud about our my state is uh we have a really great aquarium in baltimore the baltimore aquarium i don't know if your previous guests mentioned that but it is a <laughs> lovely uh place to go i went there many many times as a kid um i mean i lived about like two hours from from there but we used to go a few times
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and it's a really lovely place they have a great shark exhibit from what i remember um oh. And uh, that's like one one thing that anytime someone visits Maryland, I'm like, you know, if you can go to the aquarium, I mean, not so much since last year, but like before. Um, Right. And, um, but I also, I mean, like I grew up in a really small town uh, near like Amish country, like, um, you know, and uh, I went to a small Catholic school. So Mm -hmm. I had, I mean, our upbringing was pretty, not like sheltered, but you know, um we uh, the main thing fun thing we would do is like go to dc or baltimore for like for dinner um or right. for an outing or something oh cherry blossoms i guess that's in dc as well but like that's another, the cherry blossoms around the um the national mall is really really famous i, I think they're either up now or they just were their season just ended but mm. yeah um so i i will have to listen to your previous episode um to see what to see what what he said in
0: case I missed something. <laughs> so far, so far, pretty similar. Yeah, you both. I think you're both from towns around the that area, and talking about going to Baltimore or to D.C. as the yeah. big two cities that are close by, yeah. and kind of being in the middle between those two. Um, what would you say was the most American thing about your childhood, though? Mm.
1: Um. You know, a couple of things would come up. For me, with that, is like one is we were a football family, um, in that like Sundays we would watch, you know, whatever game was on, you know, Washington Redskins against whoever, and like right around the Super Bowl and the championship games, you know, our sometimes our entire days would be about that and. Um, I don't like football so you know when I was in you know middle school and high school it was a little it was a little frustrating because I'm like our whole Sunday is this and um, so that was one thing but uh, and uh, I feel like with every football family there's always the one person who hates it and that was me, (laughs) my family also like we really went to a lot of like um chain restaurants for dinner a lot like olive gardens outback mm. steakhouse um red lobster we oh, used great. to go red lobster a lot which is funny because like fresh seafood was always available to us but we went to red lobster um <laughs> factory like stuff like that we used to do that a lot too like i have a lot of other indian friends whose family like never went out to eat like they always had like indian food at home and like we eat Indian food a lot, but we also love to eat out um, and you know try a lot of new, you know, cuisine and stuff. I mean, for us, like Red Lobster was new, and Olive Garden would be new for Red, us. Right? Um, exactly. Yeah. But that would like it was like it wasn't until college that I realized that like Olive Garden wasn't seen as like fine dining, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it was such a treat to go there. You know, we go yeah. like a couple times a month, maybe
0: right it reminds me of when i f- like came as a tourist when i was a kid to america yeah. and like to florida and all the meals we had were at those types of places so those yeah. were kind of like american cuisine for me was like yeah all of that <laughs> right so you're gonna like it in my let's get into it shall we yeah why don't you tell me a bit about your relationship to bollywood are indian movies something that's been always present in your life or how do you get into them oh yeah for sure i mean i we my
1: sisters i have three sisters we all grew up watching bollywood I have a lot of cousins like huge big family um extended family um so we like grew up watching bollywood like um that's how I learned how to speak Hindi was through Bollywood movies. And you know, watching those Indian movies were, was like instrumental in me becoming any having any interest in movies at all. You know, I mean, I would watch like kids' movies when I was little, but like I don't think I really watched like too many like um, you know, like classic American or classic international movies, except for Indian movies and hmm. So um until I was like in like late in high school and, and into college and up uh, until then I was watching Indian movies all the time. And oh wow. Yeah, like we I mean there was, you know, we had two theaters that played Indian movies back then. They were each an hour away from our house in opposite directions. So we would go to one every weekend or every other weekend, and that would be like what we did that weekend was like go see Indian movie packed house, because there was only I mean there's only a couple of theaters in that area that, that showed them. I mean, now like they, now we see them more in like, you know, the AMCs or other sometimes, but um, yeah, I grew up with it. I love watching them. I watched them to this day, you know, both kind of like classic movies I grew up with and new ones, um, especially when theaters were open. Like I would try to go see whatever indie movie was playing at the, um, uh amc and times square Times square yeah, right, that usually in like in theaters like 21 to 24 they'd be showing indian movies i would try to go um, right and um it's sometimes multiple like i remember this one summer i saw like i think i saw like 12 or 15 indian movies throughout the summer So i would just go i enjoy watching them and yeah. you know there's so many really great ones on netflix and amazon prime uh and some now even on Criterion Channel, there's like more and more coming. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean I have great I love Bollywood. Like I, I I really just enjoy, like the medium and um and stuff like that. So I yeah, it's been a huge part of my life forever and will continue to be so.
0: Yeah. So I just got into Indian movies. Yeah. Um because I feel like there's not a lot being... Or, or maybe I haven't found it. Like I, I feel like a lot of people who are like film people here in America or like in, in so many parts of the world, they will talk about a lot of different international cinemas, but not a lot about Bollywood. It's really hard to find people who will write about it, who will review the movies and talk about them. But I kind of recently discovered them a year or two ago... Um, it was really, like, Tamil action movies that got me into it. So, you know, when Bahubali 2 was a big box office success, I kind of paid attention to it, and it was like, oh, what's this? I watched it, and it was crazy, and it was fun, and I was (laughs) like, this is great, let me watch more, and I've been watching so many since, and now, thanks to the fact that we were going to do this podcast, I started to watch, like, Bollywood movies, which are very similar But a little bit different, I think, mostly in the language, right? But I feel like the genre and the styles are pretty similar between Tamil and Bollywood, from what I can tell.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I want to, um, just like as a starting point, you know, mention that India has, you know, numerous pocket film industries. Uh, The biggest one being Bollywood, which is Hindi cinema. But, you know, uh, there are film industries in every region of India, Um, some of them more you know, more well-known, you know, than others, but like, uh, Tamil movies, Telugu movies, Canada movies, Bengali movies, especially Bengali movies, um, Malayala movies, like, um, they are, it's separate, you know, I, I know, like, I, you know, I grew up speaking Hindi, I, uh, watch Bollywood movies specifically, I don't have a lot of, um, I don't have a lot of knowledge about, about movies from India outside of, Hindi movies outside Mm -hmm. of Bollywood. Um, So I would definitely, uh, definitely encourage you to invite someone who might know more about it to come on the podcast. Because it's 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 similar, but it's different. And like I know a lot of people get very. um, I I have a lot of friends who um, watch more movies from all different languages more than I do, Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, especially like stuff like Bahubali. I mean, that'd be a great um, a great you know episode for you because like that was huge when that came out let's the sequel especially i Mm -hmm. think i remember remember that being like in the top five u.s box office that yeah and um and people like who i don't even would know like knew that indian movies at all were telling me they were watching it and they were so i mean it was it was a phenomenon like a genuine phenomenon so Mm -hmm. i you know i don't want to um I don't want to shortchange, you know, Malayalam, Tamil, you know, Bengali films, Telugu films by lumping it all together with Bollywood because it's very different, um, right? Especially in, you know, in language and like you'll see some similarities, of course, but like mm-hmm. um, definitely there, all those industries are worth discussing on their own because like Malayalam films, especially, have become such a. Um, such a cultural force uh, in the last few years. I think a lot of people c- will confirm what I'm, but w- will confirm that they've become sort of one of the best, um, best pieces of, of cinema in, in in from India over the last couple of years. In mm. so, in, in some ways, even surpassing Bollywood. Um, now, I, I don't know enough about that 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 region of, of filmmaking to say yes or no, but that's what I've been hearing. Is that Molly Alban films, especially. Are really really terrific um, and artistically like moving forward, um, so I would I would definitely recommend you um, to invite someone who might be more knowledgeable about that.
0: Yeah, I would love to. So, yeah, and the other thing is that what what you said that so many of these movies are available on on Amazon Prime and on yeah. Netflix and. Um, I don't know. How do you go about about knowing what to watch? I, I guess you are plugged into it, but I feel <laughs> yeah. sometimes like there's some movies I don't know what I should yeah, see. Next. Yeah, yeah. Like
1: you know that it, it's that's, always, that's actually always been a question that I get from people who are like, I really want to start watching movies, but I don't know where to start. And for me, it's like you know. Um, you know Bollywood like there's Bollywood covers you know every genre under the sun you know from hard comedy romance musicals um uh you know uh dance movies action movies uh, you know even superhero movies everything right so mm-hmm. I think you know um the best way to go about it is to just be like okay what genre do you really want to watch and then just you know search for a Bolly movie in that genre and you'll find it or you know, or you could just do the classic thing of like being like, you know, just searching like, what are the best, you know, like sort of like the Bollywood canon, you know, like what's the like Casablanca or the, you know, Citizen Kane of Bollywood, and you'll find, I mean, you'll find different, many different answers to that, but mm-hmm. it's a good starting point. Um, and, you know, and also just like, I mean, Bollywood is also so famous for her. its stars that, you know, like, I, mean, I, I think a lot of Bollywood stars have like somewhat name appeal in the in the States, you know, like uh, Priyanka Chopra, of course, um, Shah Rukh Khan, Ashwarya Rai, Amata Bachchan, um, you know, I think Deepika Padukone kind of because she, you know, she's in that Triple X movie a couple of years ago. So like, mm. and she was on like Ellen and Jimmy Fallon and, you um, uh like she did, like you know, she was in in vogue and stuff. So, like just you know, just sort of like it, the information's out there, um, and a lot of really great stuff has been coming out of Netflix and Amazon Prime through their like original content. So, mm. you know, I mean, netflix is pretty has been pretty good with like marketing those. I, well, I guess like I you know my algorithm shows I like Indian stuff, so maybe it shows right. Up. but. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's out there, like, I've written, I've written a couple of articles, like, telling, you know, with, like, introductions to Bollywood for a, for a few different um, publications, so I'm happy to share, I'm always happy to share those, because, like, yeah. my big thing is, like, I really, because you're absolutely right, like, there's such little, um there's such little uh, awareness of indeed movies in general and Bollywood specifically in here in the U S um, so I'm always just being like, how I can get people to like, you know, watch these movies and see them and, you know, make their opinions on them. I'm happy to do so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love that if you can send those articles to me, I'll put them in the yeah, show absolutely. notes and that'd be yeah. a great resource for me and for whoever else yeah. listens to this show and is interested. So let's talk about Bollywood. Since it's your area of expertise, let's say, <laughs> within Indian cinema. Yeah. And so in my other podcast, Criterion Project, we covered Mira Nair's movie Monsoon Wedding. Uh-huh. And yeah. in our, we did some research and we found a lot of interviews with her in which she was talking about how she wanted to do a different kind of Indian movie right. there that was different from Bollywood, who, you know, according to her, was kind of like very melodramatic and broad. And she wanted to do something a little bit more indie so can you tell us a little bit about how do you see bollywood movies uh yeah. and what the reputation is in india and and with indian people maybe yeah
1: i mean i think you know you know Mira nair is one of my favorite uh filmmakers um and uh you know i i've i've just seen and read many interviews with her where she talks about monsoon wedding and she's you know the thing is that she was um she was on the precipice of something really exciting for Bollywood which is like around monsoon wedding that's when sort of the more like western Indian sensibilities started to come into into India as well and like you know I think monsoon wedding doesn't get enough credit for maybe introducing that or codifying that um Mm. because but like before monsoon wedding you know in the um like well okay Bollywood kind of goes through a few different phases throughout its history, you know, the 50s through 70s, I think are really high time for them, where they're really experimental, they're really, um, you know, socially minded, really, uh, um, really exciting films. And then in the 70s, um, the, uh, the masala genre is created. And that, that's sort of what I think a lot of people think of when they think Bollywood, which is like, masala movies and like masala movies um are basically a hodgepodge of a lot of different genres comedy Mm -hmm. action romance musical um suspense kind of all in one and like these movies are usually like two and a half to three hours long a lot like a big star cast um, with a lot of really famous people in it and basically the idea is that you want a movie that has everything in it so that you um so your time and your money is well spent
0: Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's
1: something for the whole family there. Um, and uh, the, that genre became so popular and so synonymous with Bollywood that I think that um, that reputation has sort of carried itself not not just not only outside of India, but India as well. And I think people are still like reconciling that Bollywood just isn't that all the time and that there's a lot of really interesting stuff going on in there, especially, post monsoon weddings and through that in the 2000s and then in the into the 2010s i think it's when you know a lot of really interesting filmmakers are really being experimental and and trying new things um and um while still having a lot of the like more mainstream sort of like pop like kind of like pop culture-y type movies i mean mm-hmm. to me it's like you know, just like in America where we have stuff that's like really broad, really mainstream, really populist, you know, like superhero movies or horror movies or whatever, um, or like broad comedies. And then we also have really, you know, serious and experimental and exciting films and independent films versus mainstream, you know, like India is the same, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's such a large industry that, you know, you can really find anything that you want in there. Um, Right. uh, Yeah. So I think, and like, but I think the reputation of, of Bollywood as being like melodramatic, too long, a lot of songs, pointless characters, whatever. Like I think that's really carried over from, you know, I mean the eighties I think were really, you know, a low period for Bollywood. Um, not too many great movies made then that hold up now. And the nineties, it's hard for me to, to me it's hard for me to be objective about the nineties because that's that's when I grew up. Those are the movies right. I grew up in, and I, I love them uh, so many. I love so many of them and can find value and merit in all of them. But so I think, you know, um, I think that the reputation in, in India, sometimes it's like to be a little like, a little kind of like dismissive of sort of mainstream Bollywood movies and to be hmm. a little like, you know, kind of give a side eye to them be like, oh, aren't we past this? Like this wouldn't even be that as good as anything made in the West or in Korea or Japan or anything. So, oh, but I, I think it's still you know I think it's it's out there. there's really good stuff out there, and I think there's a lot of
0: value even in like the mainstream movies right. too um,
1: because
0: yeah. they're extremely popular, right there It's a huge yeah. film industry and and you know millions and millions of people go to see them and yeah. I mean, I'm also not an expert. what I've seen which I've kind of focused on like I said, action movies from right. the Tamil industry. they're great, and I love them because they are kind of like very. Uh, extreme in what they want to do like you know so the action is incredible and they sure it's true that they don't have the visual effects budget that like a marvel movie has right, so like right. some of the cg is like not super photorealistic yeah. <laughs> but the things that they want to do with the cg is incredible one of my favorites is called iga which is this movie about a guy who is killed and then comes back as a fly to take revenge and it's incredible i love yeah. it <laughs> so you know um it's very much like, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I was surprised, but you but I understand that mentality of saying that it's not as good as the things that are done in other countries when you're in it. Yeah. Um, because I see those and I'm like, I wish American blockbusters were like this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think, you know,
1: like, I guess I'm speaking a lot towards, um, you know, Bollywood film criticism, which I think is really lacking, especially over in India. Yeah. Um, because I think they're a little too dismissive of like how Bollywood movies like function and have been functioning for decades. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, I I mean, you're right. Like, I think it's like, I think there's just like different, like, I think people from different countries are just used to different things. So something new is going to be more exciting, just like, right. you know, comparing Bahubali to a Marvel movie or, you know, yeah. it's going to be different because it's just a whole different sensibility. Um, and uh, I think it's, you know, I th- for me, it's like, I just, I just love movies in general. So I'm always kind of on board with what a movie is going to be giving me. And not that I love every movie I've ever seen, but um, especially with like Bollywood I think that's, that's such a like the things that the Bollywood medium can do I find to be so exciting and unlike what other um, what other industries do with their films so it's um, yeah it's interesting and like I mean yeah Bollywoods are definitely extremely popular all over the world especially I think Russia is like really being with Bollywood for some, I keep hearing about that yeah. Wow. Um I, I think there are a lot of Indians in Russia but uh so yeah I think like I mean it it's 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 truly baffling to me why they haven't fully crossed over here in America like I don't understand it myself <laughs> I wish I did.
0: Yeah. Um we c- we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit but I think we've gone long enough that we yeah. have to start talking about Priyanka Chopra. Yeah, 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 so definitely. um let's talk about her. Can you tell us about uh I don't know maybe what I'm interested in that I don't know almost anything about is her career in India and how she was perceived as a star in India because like you said as far as I know stars are very important in the Bollywood system.
1: Yeah, so um Priyanka Chopra I mean I I mean I remember when she debuted this is I think in 2002 or 2003 and she was one of those actresses who came about from uh like the pageant world you know like she won Miss World I believe and a lot of like Bollywood uh, I mean a lot of Indian uh, pageant winners like beauty queens move into Bollywood uh, I think because I think it's somewhat it's in sort of an easy way to like have a career outside of you know your modeling work um, mm-hmm. So she debuted and you know she was I think I've I think I, what I remember of that time people were just like oh she's just a pretty face she's like You know, she'll be a good heroine for, you know, the male movie stars and she'll look pretty and do all the, you know, Bollywood dance, you know, Bollywood dances and she'll have all that stuff. And and she's great at that. And then, um, but then she started to just take on, she took on this role um, in this movie called Ethraz, which is a kind of a Bollywood take on Disclosure with uh, Demi Moore. Oh okay. And so she was the Demi Moore role in that and so she was a villain and I think that was a huge turning point for her because like people were just like amazed at how you know how much you could like sink her teeth into like that kind of like villainous kind of like role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that she started getting more and more, um, more and more roles that I think she, she wanted. Uh, I don't, I don't quite remember if she like wanted to be an actor forever, or she just kind of fell into it. Um, I believe she did like theater when she was younger, so maybe she always wanted to be an actor, and then just kind of did the modeling thing to like get into it. I don't, I don't know. So, mm. um, but she was then like just started doing these like really great roles, and she took on a lot of. Um, you know, she was, I think she still did sort of like supporting like roles as like the leading lady who doesn't do much, but for the most part, she was always like playing Lee roles and doing some really interesting characters. Um, I think like one of her, another big breakthrough for her was this movie fashion, which I almost made you watch, but it's, it's really bad in 2021 <laughs> eyes. Um, uh, but she's, I mean, she's terrific in it and she won so many awards for it, but does not hold up at all. Um, and, um, and then yeah, she just like was, just does so many really great roles, and she was always known as being really beautiful, really glamorous, but like really strong mm-hmm. performer, and could really like dig deep into any character she does. And also really famous for doing a lot of different genres, like comedy. She's been really good with um, action. Like, um, she was in these uh, two, um, these two movies, like the two Dawn movies, which is like a franchise in India um and she was a she was a leading lady in that but uh, she did a lot of like martial arts training and a lot of really mm. cool action scenes so like she's just one of those actors who just like always was going to be huge and like instantly in a in name household name and just like it's like really talented at so many different things like dancing acting like she, she sings as well so She's just like, I mean, to me, she's like one of the top stars of, you know, the, you know, my era of like growing up with this stuff where like she just was like always going to be huge and was like the kind of uh, the kind of person who just kind of like took what she wanted. And I thought that was always really, really cool.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that really comes through in one of the movies that you made me watch for this or that you recommended for this, I should say, which is (laughs) um, which is called. Sat Kun Mav or something along those lines. I don't know if I'm saying yeah, it correctly. No, that's right, yeah. <laughs> and it translates something like Seven Sins Forgiven, something like that. Yeah. And and I thought that was really interesting because she plays basically kind of like a, a femme fatale black widow character in which she marries six different men and then she ends up, um, spoiler alert, I guess, murdering <laughs> all of them uh, in a very kind of cool i don't know it feels almost like the indian version of like promising young woman or or gone girl and obviously because it's the bollywood instead of just one person it's like she has sex you know yeah um so that was a really exciting movie can you can you tell me a little bit about that
1: yeah i mean i you know when when you told me that uh to pick movies from her it was really hard because she's been in like eight movies that I would have loved to talk about, but I think are like formative, not just for her career, but for Bollywood of this era. And of course I I wouldn't make you watch eight. I watched six in, in preparation for this. Uh, um, and uh, But I think with Kun Kunma, the reason why I, I pointed that out was because I wanted to do a movie that like where she took on a really, like really interesting role that I think is really rare for bollywood especially for someone who is like such a star Hmm. um and uh and just really show her range of like you know just like what she can do on camera because like there's so many roles of hers where she's so glamorous and she's so beautiful and she's so in command i mean you know even some of her Hollywood movies like baywatch or the white tiger like you know um, and isn't it romantic like you know she's just like she's such a persona she's so her persona but in Saf Kun Maaf she really I think it's such a versatile performance for her and like when I was watching it today and I was just like even because I hadn't seen it in you know a number of years either um and I was just like again amazed by just like sort of like how like crazy she can get and how like there's so much and like how like there's so much like kind of anger and fire and um, loneliness behind her eyes and I think mm-hmm. you know Bollywood isn't really known for its subtle acting but I think you know there are a lot of I think a lot of what she can do is so subtle and um, but then she can also go like full out and like do the histrionics melodrama thing I think she does all I think she does so much in that. I was like to me it's like one of her signature performances because yeah. it, like it shows like the the whole the whole like tapestry of like what she can do and you know it's a it's a Vishal Bhardwaj film and he's a tremendous filmmaker he's famous for doing a lot of Shakespeare adaptations like yeah um he's done Hamlet, Macbeth, um yeah, on film. yeah. like he does like Indian versions of those set in like oh, wow. in like northern Indian villages where it's all about Indian politics. and he adapts it to right. to those settings. Um, so he's like really tremendous filmmaker. and you know, I think he's one of those directors who can like really bring out such different stuff from his actors. So he, he always works with like stars, you know, for the hmm. most part, especially in the leading roles. He always works with like huge movie stars, but he gets such, like he gets such like unique work from them, and I think with Bianca Chopra he just like fully taps into her potential and uh, and she does so much in this role. Just like it's truly a, she a, does so elastic. much because yeah. she
0: has six. It's like you have six mini movies yeah, or yeah. seven, even yeah. more because there's also the subplot with the with the guy who's kind of telling investigating the, right, the whole thing, yeah. and and she does so many different things. Um, I kind of loved how the movie was kind of like you were saying. It's very um fun, and I think it it's not afraid to to go into stereotypes and and to make fun of certain things, but also yeah. is serious and when it needs yeah. to be, which I really appreciated. I love when you can strike that balance. I think that's what I like about Indian movies that I've seen so far is that I feel like here in America, we have a lot of movies that are kind of like silly and they kind of want to be a little bit winky about it or be like, oh, don't take this too seriously. We're just doing a funny movie. And here you have something that is both because it can be both. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I love how she... Some of her husbands include this British colonialist who's a monster, and obviously you want him to die. And yeah. then there's like the Russian spy, and, and then there's this rock star who is a horrible rock singer, whom I hated. So, um Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it's
1: it's kind of a fun, it's kind of a funny movie because it's basically like all men are trash except for Jesus. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was so um, great. That was so trippy. The end when when she yeah. becomes a nun. I love that. Yeah, it was, it's yeah,
1: it's such a it's such a great movie. Even like knowing the ending does not ruin it because um, it's just like there's so many great twists and turns to it, and it it goes through so many different genres like black comedy kind of it can be, like, really romantic in times and really, really like, bold and sexy and really, like, shocking. So I definitely recommend it. And I think it's, like, you know, if if you've ever had any doubts about Priyanka Chopra's talents, that'd be the movie to watch to, you know, maybe see, like, a million different sides to her. (laughs) Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And this is something that I wasn't super aware of. So Priyanka Chopra has done... Released some songs, right, and done some singing, but she doesn't sing in the movies because that's not traditional in Bollywood, right? Am I yeah, correct? Yeah. So the the
1: norm in Bollywood is to um have playback singers, right, and the actors would lip sing to them, and like playback sing singing is its whole industry in India. Um, and uh, yeah, Priyanka Chopra does sing, like that was part of her transition. Uh, into the west is that she would like record she recorded a few singles um, one of which I think was like included in like the NFL opening theme for a season and I think that was like you know she I think she got that gig and that was um, tremendous for her uh, but that was part of what brought her into the west is like that mm. that exposure but yeah and I think she's like done songs in a, like a couple of different movies, but for the most part, it's usually like a professional singer. Cause you know, not every actor that can sing. So, right. And music's such a big part of Indian movies. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: And um, so, okay. So let's talk about her um, transition into America or her, or her trying to break through into America and how do we do we know why she tried to do that and how it's kind of perceived in India as as a is it as a success as a failure like yeah, I'm very curious that is, about that
1: I, I I don't know why like I, I I wish I could tell you like oh she did this because of xyz reasons I think she just was like hey I want to you know um, I mean, she she did a couple of years. Uh, she lived for a couple of years in the US when she was a teenager. I think she went to high school mm. here, yeah. um, if I remember correctly, in Boston or somewhere near Massachusetts. Um, so I think maybe she's always like, you know, I think, well, I think Indians in general are very global people, like there are Indians in every part of the world. Um, so I think, you know, and America has always been, you know, America and England have always sort of been like a part of Indian history, especially England because of the, you know, the, Mm um, the occupation. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know why she decided to do it, but I think maybe it was just something, a part of her ambition and she went for it. Um, in India, you know, not just in India, but I think, you know, here in the U S with a lot of, you know, people when she was making her transition and, um you know i think it was partially like a successful you know and partially who were really excited for her but i think um she got a lot of backlash for it but i don't mm. think it's because of her specifically i think it's like you know anyone you know I, I think there's like this like kind of weird resentment a little with her where it's like you know oh are you just like now want to be like you know accepted by westerners you know right. or like are like, are you even like talented enough to like think you can be in America, like famous in America or like, um, or she get a lot of reactions like, oh, she's so full of herself now. She's so fake on talk shows. You know, she just wants mm. to like be like, she's so like, she comes across so like ditzy on like Jimmy Fallon or whatever. And I think that's, I can't tell if that's a vocal minority or if that's how most people think of her. I mean, I know a lot right. of people are very excited. I mean, she has so many fans. So I don't think I, I don't think she's like hated by anyone in the majority. I think for the most part, people are just uh, excited for her. And I remember when she was, um, you know, like for me, I, I didn't really even think that it was going to be a real thing for her until Quantico because, you know, I was like, OK, she has a couple of songs in the U.S. Let's see what kind of happens, you know, with that. But then, you know, seeing mm-hmm. her face on posters in the subway station and on buses, I was like, OK, wait, maybe this is like going to be a thing and she might actually like make it here. Um, and, um, you know, I think Quantico lasts for a couple of seasons. I, I didn't really watch it because it wasn't really a show that I would watch anyway. I tried yeah. watching it for her, but it just didn't seem like my kind of show. Um, so I think it's like half and half, you know, I think people are, I think, or maybe like 2575 where people are like really excited for her. And I think people see her transition as a success because she's a household name um you know here and she's you know really I mean I think almost instantly she became a household name here just because like she's so beautiful and so you know composed all the time um and then you know when she announced her engagement to Nick Jonas I mean that was just, I think like every Indian I know is just like take totally shook by that like <laughs> shaken by that because like right. it's just so strange like she's so famous in India she's so like She's been in so many movies. She's such a like, she's such a big star and respected actor that like, okay, so she's going to marry some like guy from this like teen band from like, you know, 10 years ago. Like, it just seems so random. So,
0: so what kind of level of of fame and stardom are we talking about? Is she like a, like a Julia Roberts? Yeah, like like
1: I would say she's on that level of like Julia Roberts, Scarlett Johansson, like, um, you know, uh you know Amy Adams like she's on that level where it's like people see her movies and you know she works with you know a lot of really talented people a lot of name actors a lot of name directors like you know she, mm-hmm. she you know she's award-winning she's you know has a lot of hits to her name she's really cool like just in her personal life At least I mean that's how she comes across you know
0: yeah
1: um so she's big so it's like imagining if like I'm, like, trying to even think of it, of it, like, like if she were to, like, get married to, like, Chris Evans or whatever, that would make sense to me. Because, like, they at least, they feel like they're on the same, like, level, you know?
0: Well, right, there's the added element of, like, the Jonas Brothers, right? Yeah. This band that they, everybody also... knows as, like, the teeny Boppers kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. So.
1: Like, they're, I mean, like, no, I, mean, I don't want to be mean to them because I'm sure they're all nice people, but, like, they're kind of, they were kind of a joke until, until she came in and kind of brought them back. And then they're doing singles again and... You know, they're on SNL, and, you know, then the other one's marrying the girl, uh, marrying Sophie Turner, Hmm. or Sophie Tucker, I think Turner. Um, So it's like, they're back in the mainstream again. And I I had this friend, Jonathan, who is a Jonas Brother, you know, fan. And we'll, anytime they're in the news, we kind of text each other, and I'll be like, oh, this is Bianca Chopra's impact that, like, they're even (laughs) written about. And, yeah, you know, he, you know, he kind of is like, you know, he makes fun of me for saying that, but I think it's true. Like, right. you know, she, you know, even if she wasn't famous in America yet, I think that like she was on the way to doing it. And then also like just this like, you know, gigantic celebrity in from India marrying like, mm-hmm. yeah, some teeny bopper boy band guy. Like, it's just like, it's
0: so strange. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder what it would, what it was like for her to come to America because, um, not only does the American film industry have trouble with Indian actors in general and giving yeah. them roles, but yeah. also the way we have big stars here in America, but it really has transitioned into an industry that is not as star-focused as it right. once was. And I, my impression is that Bollywood is still focused on the stars much more than yeah, America that's is, right?
1: that's definitely true. I think, you know, stars can drive a lot of, you know, a lot of content and, um, you know, like, especially people who are, like, huge, huge stars like Priyanka Chopra or Amitabh Bachchan or Shah Rukh Khan, like, they can get hit movies just from, you know, their names and their fans and stuff. Um, Right. And, um, you know, I think that, like, so I think her coming here is interesting because she she's coming into an industry where a lot of the household names are like more influencers or more like celebrities, not so much actors. So like, um, you know, or like the name actors, you know, it's not that they can drive a lot of box office, but that like, they're just like known because of their social media presence. So I think she adapted to that and like, you know, um, I think she still wants, I mean, she's, you know, of course she did the white tiger. Mm -hmm. Um, which is Oscar nominated and Netflix movie. And there was a lot of, I think a lot of uh, Western publications wrote about that movie and wrote about her. But I think, you know, she's kind of riding that line of being famous for being famous and then also like acting when she
0: wants to. And she hasn't uh, stopped making Indian movies because one of the movies, the other movie that you recommended for this, The Sky is Pink, that came out in 2019, so yeah. well into after her crossover. And that felt to me like a very, I mean, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that felt like a kind of like a prestige type of movie. Like it felt like the yeah. Bollywood version of like an Oscar-y type movie, right? Because yeah. it's based on a true story and it's very uh, dramatic and realistic, especially compared to some other movies that I've seen
1: yeah i mean it's definitely like um definitely a prestige movie i think even by indian standard it's a prestige movie um and um you know the the reason why i I mentioned that um that although i recommended that movie is because um it's premiered in toronto and like um i remember her promoting it on i think jimmy fallon and her saying that like it was the first time like uh, a Bollywood movie was being promoted on like an American talk show and like mm. that felt huge to me and I was like oh maybe this could also be like a movie that gets like you know maybe if more people go see that and they see that at, like the MC theaters or they rent it or whatever then it could be another way for like you know Indian audi- Indian people Indian movies to get more audiences and more people watching them and you know someone who's like so famous in America doing a full Bollywood movie I mean even that's not even as like mainstream Bollywoody as you know as it could be but um and um because I remember there was like some like when that movie was like premiering at the Toronto Film Festival there was like some chatter of like oh maybe this could be the like kind of a breakout movie for breakout Indian movie in in in, in America and in the west and um so yeah, I, I think she's like, you know, I mean, I think, she, I think a lot of, I think she doesn't do as many indie movies as she probably could. I mean, mm-hmm. God knows how busy she is. I'm sure she's got a million things going on. But, um, I I think she was like, I think a couple of days ago I saw her tweeting about wanting to or like having a, another indie movie in her in in her pipeline for next year. So, you know, we'll we'll see how that. Goes. Um, I really want. Like, I was really. I remember, like, with the White Tiger as well. Like, thinking that, like, you know, before I saw the movie, before I knew anything about it, I was like, you know, this is being presented as a prestige Oscar movie. You know, maybe this could be like her Oscar nomination. You know, or mm. like, or at least getting her close to it. um And uh I mean, I guess it it is an Oscar movie because they got the nomination. But um I think her role is just a little too small. But yeah. uh, I mean, she's a producer on it, so. Um, it's, it's, it's exciting. I I think, you know, there's so much potential for her to kind of bridge that gap and like bring in more, more Indian actors, you know, to, to the West. I mean, I know like Irfan Khan is, you know, famous um, here, or at least, you know, well known. So um, I think there's potential for it. And I think someone like Priyanka Chopra, who's just not, she's not just like a character actor who can, you know, be like, make the movie more international, but like, you know she's a star, and they, I want her to do like leading roles here in in the U.S. because I think she could really wow America with with her, you know her talents. Right. Um, I mean, well, what do you think about her as an as an actor?
0: Right. You know, so I, mean, I knew very I little of about yeah. her. I, I don't think I had seen any of her movies, not even the American ones. Now that I yeah. think about it, until now a preparation for this podcast. And and I agree with you. Uh, the movies that I watched, I thought she was great in. And then I went on YouTube to like look at some of the, especially the dance sequences yeah. and the music sequences from other movies. And right. she's a great dancer and she's a great screen presence. And, and, right. So I think she's great. The question is for me, um, it's a little bit what I was saying, asking before, can, is Hollywood prepared or or at all to cater to a star like that you know like that's something that we don't really have as much anymore here in America um, or maybe or maybe we do maybe we should change that I mean I would love for it to change in that way and to make more star vehicles of the kind that I mean romantic comedies, right? There was yeah, a time yeah. when you had Julia Roberts, you had Hugh Grant and that was a hit just because they were in it together and it was right, going to be great. Right.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean I think, you know, um she's kind of it's interesting the way she's kind of modeling her um, her career in Hollywood because like I bet she could get a lead role in whatever. Uh you know, just by, you know, I mean, the fact that she got like you know um she got a first look deal with abc you know even before you know nick jonas like when right. she was just you know just starting out and um here and uh i bet she could do it but I, it's so interesting she's been doing so many supporting roles like you know baywatch i think she was like the villain in that and isn't it romantic she had like a couple scenes and uh she, she did this movie um a kid like jake i think which is kind of like an indie movie um Hmm. And The White Tiger, even, you know, she was such a supporting role in that. And so I'm like, and so it's fascinating to me to think about it because it's like, I don't think it's like lack of opportunity for her. I think she, maybe she just like, wants to familiarize herself um, with how it's done here. Or maybe she does, or maybe she does want to split off her time more and, you know, not, not focus on acting or focus on her other pursuits. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, but I, I think, you know, I could see her doing like, you know, a really cool, like, uh, leading role in something or, you know, or playing, you know, I mean, I, even if she wanted to do like a Netflix show or like an HBO max show, like I could totally see her carrying that, right and, you know, you know, bringing her star power to that.
0: That feels like something that she, she might be. Because the fact that she produces now and with the White Tiger, like you were saying, yeah. and she seems very interested in kind of crafting yeah. roles that will suit her, not just taking any role. Because she could have. I mean, the role in Baywatch is a, is a great example, but she also could have been in like any Marvel movie playing right, like the right. girlfriend or like yeah, whatever, yeah. you know? But I feel like she's not really interested in that. She wants to. Play good roles, and as we know in Hollywood, when you're a woman and you want to play good roles, you have to kind yeah, of go to television, <laughs> go to television, or produce it, make them happen yourself, right? You yeah. have to take the initiative, like, like Reese Witherspoon did, and she also had to go to television. So you know, they, they. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, I'm curious to see what you know what her ambitions are behind the camera. I mean, I, I think if she were to wanted if she wanted to direct, that'd be really cool too, or just yeah, be a producer. Um, I think she has, I think with her work in Bollywood and how many risks she's taken, uh, I could see her, you know, really finding some really meaty stuff to produce and bring to audiences. And honestly, you know, I I always think it's kind of cool when actors start to produce, but then take small roles in their productions, you know, Mm -hmm. like she could have, I think, you know maybe readapted the white tiger to make her the star or chosen another book or whatever to right do where she's the star but it's kind of cool that she lent her name and and her money to that and then just kind of took a small role for that
0: yeah yeah i we'll, we'll see what happens too. to to be honest i'm surprised they haven't tried to do like a crazy rich Asians type of thing with her in the lead role and, and, you know, with like Indians. I
1: think think there was like, she was working on a pilot with uh, Mindy Kaling about Indian weddings or something like that. And um, I don't know if that ever went ahead or what happened with that. So, you know, it's, it's always hard to know when, you know, things are always kind of announced and greenlit and then they just kind of die for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but I think there was something like that, and you know, I would love to see her work with like you know more comedy. You know, I mean, if she were to work with Minnie Kaling, I think I would just like combust. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> like, I think I think they work really well together. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I I would love to see her you know do a comedy or um or do something like Crazy Rich Asians. You know, I think like uh, to see another movie like you know to bring it back to Monson Wedding to see another movie like that which is sort of like very like very western made in the west but about indians i think that's mm-hmm. always that'll be really exciting because i feel like there's so you know the indian, the indian immigrant experience is so rich and vast that it's really untapped it's like like the namesake you know again Mir and i are but you know stuff like that
0: yeah i think we need to start wrapping up yeah, yeah. yeah. Are there any last things that you want to say about Priyanka or about Bollywood to people who might be interested, who yeah, might be yeah. intimidated? I mean, um if you're intimidated, I mean like honestly just don't be it's the kind of movies where you just
1: I mean <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't That's to great explicit, advice. But like um I think it's just like you just have to give yourself to it and um you know, whatever your sensibilities are, whether you want something more kind of broad, mainstream or extreme, like Baha Bali movies or whatever or you want something a little bit more like um, a little more like edgy or you know like Saath Kunma for a little more like prestige, like the sky is pink it's all out there there's so much out there you just got to look for it or you know grab mm-hmm. your closest Indian and ask because um, uh, yeah. like I'm always happy to <laughs> give recommendations and honestly like I, I recommended two very um, non-mainstream movies for Priyanka Chopra but she's done every genre under the sun so I you know I would really encourage people to look out for her more like more mainstream Bollywood roles because she's just so I mean I'm such a fan of hers I think she's one of the best and I'm so excited that she made this, you know, hop to America and I'm excited to see what she does with it. And I wanted to go back to doing indie movies too, because like, Mm -hmm. I miss hearing her
0: speak indie and dancing and stuff, Mm -hmm. you know? She's a great dancer. Some of (laughs) those videos that I watch, she's really great at it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's some pretty good recommendations out of this episode. If you want to watch something about, you know, in which she, like, like you said, uh, Manish, which was perfect, is like, if you want to think that all men are trash except for Jesus, then <laughs> Sad Moff is perfect for you. If you yeah. want kind of like a weepy sentimental movie, the sky is pink. Um, I would say if you want something totally out there, action and uh, spectacle-wise, I recommend Iga. And also, I will say It Pot To Be You, which is Manish's podcast about romantic comedies, covers Bollywood quite a bit um right you have talked about quite a few Bollywood movies on there
1: yeah yeah um I've you know I've known so many brilliant Bollywood writers and podcasters you know on Twitter that whenever I invited them they talk about Bollywood and I was happy to do it because you know all the romantic comedy fans out there who are like itching for really great romantic comedies that Hollywood is not producing I do recommend you go look at Bollywood ones uh, because Bollywood has had. I mean, I think Bollywood has been having like a golden age of romance since like to that- since the two thousands. Like, just I think especially from like two thousand four to like two thousand like seventeen. I think like so many great romantic comedies coming from India, um, and it's it's like. All the same elements you love from Hollywood romantic comedies are there, plus some really good musical numbers. So. Exactly. It's all the good <laughs> parts
0: plus singing yeah. and dancing. What yeah. more can you ask for? You're right. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I had a great time. Me too. Thank you. Would you like to tell the people where they can find more about you and your work?
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at TheManish89. That's uh, themanish 8 9 also, uh, yeah, I host two podcasts, It Pod w, which you can find at It Pod on Twitter. And I co-host Queer Now with my friend, Dave Giannini, uh, which you can find at Queer Now Pod. And both of those can be found on any major podcasting app. So they're all there. A lot of great content for you.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Ta-da. Let me sing a story, pay attention, listen to me no, no, English? Just listen bro And that's our show. Thanks again to Manish for coming on to talk about the fabulous Priyanka Chopra and for giving me a great primer into Bollywood. I know that I'm very curious to check out more Indian movies after this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us find more listeners. But more importantly, why don't you tell someone about it? After all, word of mouth is the best way to support an independent creative endeavor such as this one. Thanks again for listening, and make sure to come back next week when we'll be talking about possibly the best action director of all time, John Woo. Now listen to this Kuti story and you'll get a little extra Manish Mathur talking about romantic comedies. No tension, baby. If you sing a Kuti story, pay attention, listen to me. If you want great guitars, then no tension, baby, me. Life is very short than well, always be happy. No tension, baby. So Manish, tell me about It Part to Be You, your podcast about romantic comedies. Yeah,
1: yeah. I started it uh just over two years ago. Um and I started it because I love, you know, not just romantic comedies, but romance movies in general. I love talking about them, but I felt like there really wasn't a lot of discussion around them i don't I, I don't really recall any podcasts that were at the time i didn't know any podcasts that were specifically about romance i think a few have come up since then and um or i found out i found out more about other ones but i didn't i just wanted to have an opportunity to get to know a lot of the people that i follow um, on twitter and on social media Mm -hmm. so i just was like one day i was like i'm just gonna make a list of like really cool people that i want to talk to and you know go to them and say hey what's you know what's your favorite romantic comedy and since then it's been growing and evolving and i you know sometimes i do non like romantic comedy movies but like more romance in general and i've done like theme stuff like around certain like topics just to like you know, break it up. But for the most part, it's like I invite a guest and um, they come on and talk about their favorite romance movie for 45 minutes to an hour. We go through it and talk about like what we like about it, the themes of it, you know, the casting, production history, and anything that just mm-hmm. kind of comes up about it. Um, and I love to do it because it's, um, you know, because it's a podcast about movies that people love, which I really enjoy listening to. Um, I love hearing people talk about what they're passionate about and what they love and what movies um, mean a lot to them. So yeah, it's been going strong for two years. Um, it's, uh, really, it's, it's a lot of fun to do it. I can't wait to have you on in the next few months. Uh, we really. Oh, yes. Excited. I would
0: love to be on. I, I yeah. think I, I love the show. It's very fun. And, and I love romantic comedies and romance movies. I guess it depends a little bit, but when, when you bring the comedy to it, yeah. then you're really talking, um, in my opinion. Although you you talked about one of your episodes not too long ago, um, you talked about one of my favorite romance movies, which is Phantom Threat, which I think yeah. it is a rom-com, even though it was sold as being very serious and, you know, oscar <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis. I feel like it's so funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, that was one movie where... The first time I saw it, I didn't really care for it. I mean, I liked, I thought it was really good, but I was like, I don't really understand like what's happening here. Like, you know, it felt like every kind of trouble genius movie that's Mm -hmm. been done a million times. Uh, But then I watched it again and I just kept watching it and watching it and it became so funny to me and so absurd. And, you know, uh, when I started the podcast, I was like, I really want to do that movie. Like, um and uh i i remember i was on i was on another friend of mine's show talking about how much i love phantom as a romantic comedy and it didn't quite land for them because they thought it was a very serious movie and it is mm-hmm. but it's also very absurd and um so i was really happy to do that one and uh yeah but yeah, yeah. it's a really funny movie it's like i find it funnier each time i
0: watch it <laughs> yeah i mean yes i i quote it constantly i think the dialogue in that movie is so funny and um and funnily enough my experience with it is kind of similar to you the first time i saw it i was also kind of confused by it i would say i didn't really know what to make of it maybe it's because of how it was sold maybe it's just because it's such a strange kind of movie i feel like there's i feel like there's a there's no other movie like it that it's so serious and so funny at the same time in that particular way and so romantic making fun of the romance but also being very earnest in its romance i guess what are some yeah sorry go ahead no 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 go you go ahead
1: no i was gonna say it really strikes a balance in in that and um it really does uh you know, walk this line of being totally absurd and bizarre and strange, but also like really romantic. And, you know, like as I've gotten older, I've been becoming more appreciative of movies that like romances that are really messy mm-hmm. and really, like somewhat toxic, someone somewhat bizarre where you have like two annoying people who are just annoying each other. And it, it can be a lot of fun, especially when yes. it's Paul Thomas Anderson, who, you know, is such a master behind the camera
0: yeah and that's exactly what that movie is in my opinion the why it's so romantic why i find it so romantic is because it's two people who are so difficult and so annoying yeah but they somehow make it work yeah you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i find that very touching yeah what are some other of your favorites um you know when harry met sally is probably my favorite
1: romantic comedy um classic classic yeah uh, you know tops all the lists uh but I find it to be such a, like, you know, every time I watch it, I come away thinking something different about it, you know, how romantic mm. it is, how funny it is, the performances are so great, how sharp the writing is, you know, how beautiful the movie looks, um, you know, has this really great, like, autumnal look to it, it feels very, like, yeah. September, October. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, um also moonstruck something's got to give um the pedro almodovar movie time me up time me down i that's oh. similar to phantom thread where it's yeah, so twisted absurd twisted um and uh how to lose a guy in 10 days i love as well um and yeah you know, speaking of bollywood there's a bollywood movie called band baja Bharat, which is about these two people who start a wedding planning business together and uh, about their sort of romance d- as it develops with their business. And uh, it's a really funny, bright movie uh, with some really uh, exciting performances. So, yeah, those are uh, those are my main favorites. But, like, honestly, like, you know, Notting Hill, Pretty Woman, you know, all mm-hmm. those. I'll just watch. I, I'll watch any romantic comedy because I just love the, like, I love the rhythms of it. I love the look of it. I love actors who do them. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. what is it about romantic comedies for people i feel like it's very comforting you know my co-host with the criterion project which is my other podcast Mm -hmm. rachel she does a podcast about hallmark movies oh which are always the same you know they're romantic comedies but they're so similar one to the other so but she loves them and there's a lot of people who love them and i think it's that kind of thing about like I don't know. Would you agree with that, with the, the comfort or the or the. Yeah,
1: I, I, I think definitely there's a comfort to them, you know, like like people who don't like romantic comedies often will point to how formulaic they are or, right. you know, sometimes they're a little by the numbers or cookie cutter, whatever. And of course, the bad ones are like just like any bad movie within any genre is going to feel you know kind of stale. But you know mm-hmm. when a rented comedy is like well written or well and or well performed or looks beautiful or it just has a certain like x factor it can really become something magical and i think the comfort level is there too because like um you know the the pa- the rhythms are familiar the patterns are familiar the character types you know the archetypes they're familiar and you know you always in in a lot of cases you know what you're gonna get and you know like it's gonna hit those pleasure centers Mm -hmm. and then there's some that you know like phantom thread or moonstruck or any of these sort of like more out there weird romantic comedies like yeah you're you you know or another paul thomas anderson one Pun Strunk love like
0: Mm -hmm. those are
1: those are setting out to sort of subvert it but for the most part you know you want to like sometimes i really just want to see you know like beautiful people in Manhattan like falling in love in central park and like yeah maybe that's yeah. Like, you know maybe that's a little boring a little cliche but like it satisfies it really satisfies an itch that no other genre can can really scratch
0: i think i think you're right i think for romantic comedies at least for me it's really about i mean the writing is good is important too but i think it's just the performance and the, yeah. and, the and the lovers at the center like yeah one of the last movies that I saw before the whole COVID uh, lockdown happened was—it's not a comedy, I wouldn't say—but do you know that movie, The Photograph? That <laughs> yeah, yeah, with um, Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Yeah, yeah, and it was—it was a pretty basic movie. It was like regular, but those two are just so beautiful and they were had such great chemistry together and it was hot you know what I mean so it was (laughs) so it was great I had a good time
1: yeah yeah exactly I mean that's I mean that's a perfect uh, uh, that's a perfect example of just like you know you just want to see that um you know beautiful people in really nice clothes you know kind of walking around a beautiful city I think that takes place in like New Orleans part of it or somewhere in the yeah South. part of it is in New Orleans yeah, yeah I think
0: most of it's in New Orleans yeah
1: so like you just want to see that because it's like you know I mean no movie can no genre can really like shoot a city like romantic comedy whether it's New York Chicago New Orleans Paris London like it just like it, that that drama can just make any setting like glow and that's mm-hmm. that's part of the charm of it. it is just like seeing these like locations and you know i love a good restaurant scene you know or a bar scene or something you know like or like a bridge or a park or anything like that you know you just yeah. kind of like or a big nice beautiful house or apartment it's like you just it just makes you feel good and feel warm and You know, especially, you know, over the last year, I think I've watched so many romantic comedies just because, like, A, it's so much fun to see people, like, out and about. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's a different kind of comfort there. I have one last question for you. Yeah, Are there any great romantic comedies set in Maryland?
1: Maryland? um, Wow. I don't... I don't really recall any great ones. Um, The... uh, he, the one I can think of right off the top of my head is He's Just Not That Into You, uh, which took place in oh. Baltimore. Um, that's with like Ben Affleck, Jennifer Aniston, Scarlett Johansson, Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. Jennifer Goodwin, Justin Long, um, <laughs> Drew Barrymore, Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, it's like the one of those ensemble, like Love Actually clones. And that takes place in Baltimore. Um, I just did As Good As It Gets on my podcast and there's there's like Part of oh, that right. takes place on a like drive, also to Baltimore, um, mm-hmm. and like you know, they talk a lot about like crabs in Baltimore, Crab. which is like the famous thing to eat in Maryland. I really don't think so. I'm really, I feel like there's going to be a really obvious one that I'll remember right after we stop recording.
0: <laughs> right, I forgot about as good as it gets. That's one of my dad's favorite movies. Yeah, so I've seen yeah. that a lot. Um, yeah. That definitely takes place in Baltimore. Maybe there's a yeah. niche market there. Maybe we should capitalize on this. I mean, honestly, like, like Baltimore, Annapolis.
1: I mean, DC, kind of. You know, like it's a good, It's it's a beautiful area. A lot of like marinas, which I think is another good romantic comedy mm-hmm. setting. You know, mm-hmm. piers and yachts and boats and stuff. So, yeah, I would I would definitely support that. <laughs>